Welcome, listeners, to your next old-time radio episode, straight from the Golden Archives. Today's title is... The Shadow People. No, <laughs> yes. For those of you who have never heard of the Shadow People before, from paranormal culture, these beings are creatures neither living nor dead. They are enigmas. People still see Shadow People or Shadow Creatures to this day. In fact, today you might have seen one or more and never even realized it. They take many, many forms. Some wear top hats, cloaks, a floating smile, and even cases of dark, misty-like legs walking without a torso or upper body, running away from people. And they seem to always be in the corner of your eye. Some people believe they are guardians. Some people believe they are entities from another plane, traveling through portals and using dark energy sources. Despite having so many different origin points, everyone seems to agree on one thing. Intensely dark. So what do I mean by intensely dark? There are two examples I can give you. For those of you who are having a little trouble understanding what a shadow person would look like, first look up Vanta Black. V-A-N-T-A Black. Go on, Google it. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It's an amazing material. So many opportunities to scare the crap out of people in a onesie with that thing. But in looking that up, you'll get a quick understanding of what I mean by shadow person and what they could look like. And another way to picture these beings is, turn the lights off and look into the darkness. And I mean really look. Find an object, place it in the corner of your room, and look for it with the limited vision you have. You'll notice the object is darker than the rest of the room, but you can't quite make out the image yet, but you know it's there. That, my friends, is what it's like to see a shadow person, something you can sort of recognize but not quite, and the darkness around it is, or at least appears, significantly more solid. Now, it wouldn't be stories, fables, ghostly tales without a bit of science, right? Predominantly psychological. Findings by neurologist Olaf Blanke of the Brain Mind Institute of Lausanne, Switzerland, showed that their patient, a 23-year-old woman with epileptic seizures, was feeling a male presence, a mystery person behind her, a motionless and speechless shadow that imitated her body and actions. He lay beneath her when she lay down, sat behind her when she sat down. So could shadow people be a misfire of the brain? A mixed-up neurological link? Perhaps? Blanke saw that most of these shadow people cases were found in patients with schizophrenia, where they often mistake their own bodies to be someone else's. Now this is fascinating. Attributing their own actions to others and sometimes other people's actions as their own. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far, but have you ever heard of stories regarding murderers coming forward to only be found that they were completely innocent, yet believing they did indeed kill that person? And I mean, 100% believe they stabbed that person. They are not seeking attention, listeners. They genuinely believe they killed that person, when most of the time, they could never have been in a position to do so, being that they physically and geographically would have no means of being there. A really good example is the rubber hand illusion. How the mind can adopt a limb based on visual stimulus and various sensory data. It's mind-blowing. Pun intended. Blanke says the brain uses sensory information such as visual and proprioceptive cues, 
which indicate the position of body parts relative to each other and everything else. When this function is disrupted, the brain perceives two bodies instead of one, and mistakes a second for that of a stranger. Ever heard of AIWS syndrome? What about Todd syndrome? Well, AIWS syndrome stands for Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Those proprioceptive cues sometimes misfire greatly, and things that seem close to you are huge, and things that are far away from you ever, ever so tiny. It's a real thing, and just shows how much our perception on the world around us can be affected. Now, I hope I've sparked your intellectual taste buds. Now let me add some seasoning to your paranormal steak. Tonight I serve you Halls of Fantasy. In today's story, is our protagonist simply imagining what she's seeing? Is what she's perceiving all in her mind? It very well could be, but it very well might not be. So turn the lights off, the sound up, and get ready to reach for the light. And now... The Hall of Fantasy! Welcome to the Hall of Fantasy! Welcome to the series of radio dramas dedicated to the supernatural, the unusual, and the unknown. Come with me, my friends. We shall descend to the world of the unknown and forbidden, down to the depths with a veil of time and distance, and the supernatural reigns as king. Come with me and listen to the tale of the Shadow People. Elaine, have you been... I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last? No, I haven't. Ever since Mother died, nothing's happened. Well, I only hope... I came from upstairs. Come on. You don't I don't know what to say. I only hope it. David, if anything happened to him. We'll see in a moment. There's a light in this room. You wait here, Elaine. Where's the light? Over to your left. David. What's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light on? Your father's dead, Elaine. Somewhere along the line of your life, you've met them. You have come in contact with the shadow people. When did we first discuss it? Oh, yes, Brian and Elaine and I. It was in my apartment. There was only one light on in the entire place. What's wrong? Elaine, what's the matter? Oh, it's silly, I know, but I, I, I thought I saw something in that doorway over there. Where? Over there, right over there. Where are you going, David? Over to that archway, just to let you know that nothing's here. You see, Elaine, nothing's wrong, nothing at all. Are you satisfied that there's no one else here but us? Yes, I... Oh, I'm sorry, I just thought that I... Leave your red lights on. I'm sorry, I thought... Put them back on, David, please. All right, Elaine. Well, what's bothering you, sis? I don't know, it's just that... I don't know. Tell us about it, Elaine. Tell us what's bothering you. You promise that you... You won't laugh at me? Of course not. Brian? Oh, Elaine, I'm your brother. If something's troubling you, I'd like to know about it. All right, then. The reason I was so upset... was the fact that I saw someone or... 
something standing in that archway. Elaine, David showed you that there was no one else in here. The lights were put on. You saw for yourself that we were alone. I'm not talking about something you you can see in the light, Brian. I'm not talking about a human being. And what's it all about, Elaine? In the darkness, I, I saw something that can't be seen in the lighted area. And I've seen it several times before. You sure you're not imagining this, Elaine? Oh, I don't have that good an imagination, Brian. How long have you have you seen this thing, Elaine? Well, it it started about six weeks ago. You were in Detroit on business, Brian. Mom and Dad were on vacation. I was in the house by myself, in the library. There was only one light on. I sat in the chair beneath it, reading. Several times I thought that something was watching me. I felt there was someone in the room with me, standing right in back of me. Every so often, I'd glance back over my shoulder, but there seemed to be nothing there. And then, then I thought I heard someone whispering. I wasn't sure, but when I heard it again, I got up and I, I looked all over the house. Oh, I'm not easily frightened, you know that, but, but out in the hallway... It was almost entirely black. Luckily, I was near a light switch. I looked back over my shoulder, and I saw this huge, hulking shape for the first time. And I heard a voice. Or rather, the whisper of a voice. I couldn't distinguish the words, but that dark shape seemed to be moving towards me. My hand was on the light switch, and I turned it off. In a minute, the light flooded the hallway. The shape was gone. There was nothing there. As long as there's light, I know it can't hurt me. I know it can't reach me. You might have imagined it, you know. Of course, that's possible, but I'm sure I didn't. It was so real. So real, that shape in the darkness. It was the very essence of evil itself. man I knew of, a Dr. Hesebius. I'd heard that he knew quite a good deal about the supposed supernatural manifestations which had taken place in the world. I went to him to see if he knew anything that might explain the events of the story Elaine had told us. Yes, my good sir. What do you wish? I have an appointment with Dr. Hesebius. Oh, yes. yes. He mentioned something about it. You are Mr. Drake? Yes. If you'll come inside. Dr. Asilis is in the study. Please come with me. Doctor? A visitor for you? Oh, yes. Bring him in. You may go now. Yes, Doctor. Mr. Drake? Yes. Sit down, please, in that chair over there. Thank you, sir. Now, what is the nature of your visit to me? Well, I understand, Dr. Vesalius, that you have a great knowledge of the supernatural manifestations which have occurred on the earth. Great knowledge, Mr. Drake? No, hardly that. I have only scratched the surface in my years of study. Perhaps I can help you, but again, perhaps I cannot. Well, may I tell you a story? By all means, my good sir. All right. Now, this didn't happen to me, Doctor, but to my fiancée. It seems that about six weeks ago, when she was when the light was on, the dark form disappeared. And that's the story, sir. As much of it as I can remember. 
Mm-hmm. I see. It's a strange tale to tell. I'm fully aware of that, Dr. Mysterio. You say she seemed to hear whispered voices? Yes, that's what she says. I see. No, man, please. I have a book in my file. Oh, yes. Perhaps I may be able to help you after all. Let me see. This is a very ancient book, Mr. Drake. I seem to remember... Yes. Here is an account of a happening such as you relate. And we shall live on the earth... And they shall not see us. Yet it has been foretold by the ruler of the darkness. They who live by day, retire to sleep by night shall never know that we walk with them, that we watch them, that we wait for our chance. Only in the night will they see us, for in the daylight we are not seen. Only in the night, when the darkness grows together and the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness, they will know us. They will know that we are their companions, for we are the shadow people. I knew I had read something similar to the story you have told me, Mr. Drake. Dr. Asilius, what can we do? Well, give me a little time. Let me see if I can find any more references to these uh, people of the darkness. One more thing, Mr. Drake. Be sure that your fiancé is never left alone at night. Be sure that there is some living thing, animal or human, which accompanies her every second of the night. For she is in danger, Mr. Drake. A terrible danger. That night, the night of the day I had seen Celia's, Elaine's mother died. She died in her sleep. When she failed to appear for breakfast, Elaine's father went upstairs to see what was wrong. When he entered her room, he discovered that she was dead. The family doctor couldn't explain it, for Elaine's mother had been in perfect health. A few weeks later, I was out of the house spending a weekend with them. I glanced at the clock on the mantel, and it showed eleven. understand why Brian hasn't returned from town. Well, he said he had some extra work to catch up on. He told me this morning that he might be late. Well, 11 o'clock, I'm going upstairs. Glad you came out, David. Good seeing you again. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Well, don't stay up too late. See you both in the morning. All right. Night, Dad. Good night, Mr. Davis. He isn't the same, David. Ever since Mother died, he hasn't been the same. I didn't realize it until the night. It's changed. I only hope that he'll start living again. Ever since she died, it, it seems that a part of him died with her. Elaine, have you been... I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last? No, I haven't. Ever since Mother died, nothing's happened. Well, I only hope... <laughs> Came from upstairs. Come on. You don't... Think... I don't know what to think. I only hope... David, if anything's happened to him... We'll see you in a moment. There's no light in this room. You were here, Elaine. Where's the light? Over to your left. David, what's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light on? Father's dead, Elaine. 
I'd walked into the darkened bedroom. On the bed was Elaine's father. It didn't take a second look for me to know that he was dead. I switched off the light and walked back into the hallway to tell Elaine what happened. And then from the room there had come an eerie, quiet laughter. In the darkness of that room was some unknown evil power. The voice itself was unearthly. There was no substance to it. It sounded as if... as if it came from the darkness itself. No. No, I don't believe you. It's the truth, Elaine. There's nothing more I can do. We'll have to notify the police. Tell me it's not the truth, David. Tell me it's not true. I'm sorry, Elaine. I wish I could. The father's dead. After the burial, Dr. Hesselius got in touch with me. He said that he wanted to meet both Elaine and Brian. That he wanted to talk to the three of us. Accordingly, a few nights later, he came out to their house. Davis, will you tell me just when you saw the first manifestation? The night Brian was in Detroit. No, Miss Davis, you have even seen this apparition in the company of other people, is that correct? Yes. The night at David's apartment. All right. Now I'll tell you what I think. You are in deadly danger, Miss Davis. These beings want to claim you. So far, they have had no success. Only in the darkness do they have power. Little by little, step by step, they have been removing the obstacles in their way to reaching you. First your mother, and then your father, Miss Davis. Both died in the same fashion. In the darkness, death struck at them. Now tell me, do you feel their presence here in this room as I talk to you? Yes. Turn out the lights, Brian. Stand by the switch, if you please, Brian. If anything happens, turn the lights back on. All right. Dr. Vesilius, I don't... Do you want me to continue working with you? Yes, sir. All right, then. Brian, turn off the lights. Yes, Doctor. The room now is in darkness, Miss Davis. Do you feel or see anything? No, I... Yes. Yes, I do. Do you see anything? Yes. Be quiet, you fool. I know what I'm doing. In front of me. The darkness gathering together into a huge, terrible... Not only do you see us, Miss Davis, but everyone else in the room also will see the vague shapes forming themselves in the blackness. We do not want you, Dr. Hesselius. The girl we want. We advise you to drop this case. You will only bring down the wrath of the shadow people upon your head. The girl. We want the girl. Do not stop us. Let us take her now. Turn on the light. They're gone. Steve, are you all right? Yes. Yes, I am. Just as she said. The darkness. I, I saw it form into something, too. So did I. What are we going to do, Dr. Hesselius? At the present moment, I don't know. But it's much I do know. You must leave this house immediately. You must try to get out of their reach. I don't know if that is possible. I hope it is. I shall have to return to my home. I must learn if there's some manner by which we can defeat these creatures. For the moment, leave this house. Dispose of it in any manner you may see fit. But leave this house. <laughs> Back now to our story, an original tale of fantasy by Richard Thorne, entitled The Shadow People. 
the night in my apartment, the three of us. The following day, Brian and Elaine made arrangements to dispose of the house. In the afternoon, Dr. Vasilius called me and asked that I come to see him. David, I'm glad you're here. Anything new, Doctor? Yes and no. You realize, of course, that this spiritual manifestation is not new, that it has gone on for centuries. No, I wasn't aware of that. It's true, David. The Mubisong wrote uh, what was supposedly a fiction story about the manifestation, David. He called it to... However, according to the information here on my desk, it was taken from an actual case history. Of course, he embroidered the story, added a few touches to something he didn't realize actually existed. But have you found anything with which we can fight them? Everything depends upon an answer I received from a colleague of mine in Paris, Dr. Henri Renault. I dispatched a telegram to him last night. Why hasn't he answered by now? There are certain things that must be done. It will take a few days, I'm afraid. We have to wait, David. There's nothing else we can do. In the next few days, the house was sold, and Brian and Elaine moved into a newer, more modern home a few miles from my apartment. Cecilia said it might take a few days for them to build up their power. I spent the night at the new house. The lights were left on and I watched for any unusual occurrence. In the daytime, I'd return to my apartment and get some sleep. About four days after Elaine and Brian moved into the new house, I was at home when Hesedius phoned me. Hello? David? Yes, Dr. Hesedius? I hate to tell you this, David. What's the matter? What's wrong? You were a step ahead of me, David. I just received word that Renault died or was killed at the very moment I sent the telegram to him. Step by step, they had outwitted us. But they had anticipated every move we'd make. Even Dr. Hesedius was at a loss as to what to do. He agreed to meet me at the Davis house. What did you want to see us about, Dr. Hesedius? Did you find out anything more? I'm sorry to say that I haven't. At the moment, I'm at a complete loss. I don't know what to do. But what did you want to see us about this evening? Merely to check, to see if anything else has happened. Miss Davis, have you seen or heard anything? Not in the house, only in my dreams. Your dreams? Yes. When I go to sleep at night, in my dreams, in the darkness, I see them. It's grown worse, much worse. I was hoping that it would not have progressed so far. There's been no disturbance in this house, but now they disturb your sleep, Miss Davis. Now, you must stay awake for as long as you can. I want the three of you to move into my house. Perhaps that will give you more protection. That night, we moved over to Vesuvius' house. Perhaps Elaine would have more protection there. From there, we might be able to devise some plan of action, some way to beat those beings. For a few days, things were quiet. The shadow people seemed to have withdrawn. For a while, I thought that we might have succeeded in thwarting their purpose. Elaine no longer complained of troubled sleep. But that condition lasted for a few days only. About ten days later, they made themselves known and felt again. That night, we were in the study, 
when suddenly Hesselius whirled around and... Elaine, what are you looking at? Oh, get out. I turn the light leaves off. I see them. She's right, Dr. Hesselius. I can see them, too. What should we do, Doctor? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? There's nothing we can do. We can't just... We can't do anything, Brian. Don't you understand that they have us at their mercy? Greatest man in my field, of Henri Renaud. He could do nothing against them. What do you think we can do? He's right, Brian. There's nothing we can do. As long as the house remains lighted, just so long will they remain outside. If the lights were... That sounds... My father was killed. The same sound. We heard the same sound. The lights! What's happened to the lights, all right? Please. I thought of this emergency. A candle. That's right, Miss Davis. As long as this burns, this one candle will be safe. For they cannot advance into the light. They are limited by the darkness. As long as the candle burns, they will have to remain outside of this room. outside, we are around you. This time, you shall not escape. This time, we will blame you. Take it easy, Brian. Get standing! Brian, come back! Don't be a fool. I'm going after him. Stay here. We just can't let him go. You don't have a chance. I doubt it. David, I'm afraid that your brother is dead. The wind, Doctor. Listen to the wind. I know. Yes, Doctor. Listen to the wind. You must realize by now that the three of you haven't a chance. You must know in your minds that we can destroy you at any moment we desire. But, Dr. Hesselius, you may still save your own life. Let the others go. Give them to us. No. No, you will have to take all of us. Shall we destroy your light? Shall we move in on you now? <laughs> as you will. Do as you will. Sorry, baby. We warn you, Hesselius. You and the others are dead now. And we shall live on the earth. And man in the day shall not see us. They will know that we wait for our chance. That we walk with them. Only in the night, when the darkness grows together, and the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness will they see us. Then they will know that we are their companions. Look.
once again when next we journey down the corridor of the Hall of Fantasy to hear another strange tale of the supernatural. All characters and events portrayed in these programs are fictional, and any similarity to actual events or persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Mates, I hope you enjoyed today's tale and a little bit of information about shadow people. Nothing quite a little bit of paranormal and science to start or end your day. This Wednesday, folks, I'm going to jump right into some Japanese folk tales, something different as always. And if you have any recommendations regarding Japanese stories or yokai or anything like that, feel free to email me directly at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. A huge thank you as always to my old grey enforcers that keep the blood pumping on this show every single day. That's Matthew J. Bauer, Chad Warren, Andrew Benezzi, Lorraine Cresanto, Mace Joe, and Peter Raffaelli. Thank you so, so much. If you want to support the show, for one, three, or five dollars per month, you can do so through Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. Easy as that. And as always, till next we meet.